Are you that weirdo who climbs to the top of your roof to plant a camera to catch anything that might fly in the sky where you're sleeping? Well, good. This is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is the podcast Happy Hour Gets Weird. We're a podcast that gets together weekly to have cocktails and talk about weird stuff. Hells yeah. Oh, I won't do that again. I'm sorry. I was trying something new and it did not work out for me. I loved it. Oh, 10 okay. out of 10. Oh, oh, thank you. All right. So I am speaking of cocktails. You want to go first? Sure. I am drinking a little something that I am going to call a take me away. Oh, I like it. Ooh, which I feel like we all can relate to these days. And it also is kind of on theme. Basically, this drink is, remember when you were 10 and it was cool to mix all the sodas on the soda fountain? Yes, this a is, suicide. Yes, this is the uh, alcohol equivalent of that. I love it. Very fruity, tastes like a hangover. Perfect. <laughs> Just the kind I like. And I am drinking what I'm calling a rummy cold brew. And it's cold brew coffee couple different types of rums and I even made my own cream. Delicious. That sounds yes. like my kind of drink we should trade. It's so good. And as always, our pictures and recipes for cocktails will be on our social media, Twitter and Instagram. So go check those out. All right. And let's uh, get right into it because we have a lot to unpack today. Yes, we have a very very thrilling <laughs> contactee and abductee story from extraterrestrials. Yes. Am I right? You are right. So today we are just going to explain somebody's story. I listened to the audiobook called The Forgotten Promise, Rejoining Our Cosmic Family by Sherry Wilde. So we're just pretty much going to be retelling her story. We are going to reserve judgment opinions until the end. And we're just going to kind of relay what she said happened based on her book. That sounds great. Okay. And um, I read the audiobook. Cassie did not, but she did watch a short interview. And we've been talking about it. So... We both kind of have our minds full of aliens this week, which is a little stressful when you're just at home immersed in alien stuff. I did not sleep well last night. I slept like a baby. Or did I? You wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know. Okay. Let's get started. In 1987, rural Wisconsin, where Sherry lived at the time, a UFO flap occurred. A flap is a large number of UFO sightings in one area all happening happening at around the same time. And I had no idea that that's what a flap was called. Or I had no idea like there was even such thing as a flap. So cool. So dozens of people saw crafts over a four-month period of time in this area. <laughs> Which could you imagine? No. Oh. Yes. Please. Actually, right now, take me away. <laughs> This flap brought investigators from the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies to look into what was happening. Through this event, Sherry became friends with investigator Don Schmidt. This event also triggered something in Sherry, though at the time, she wasn't really sure why. Sherry had had an event that had happened 20 years earlier. She had missing time. This event haunted her. She had been driving along, saw some men on the side of the road doing road work, and then, bam, next thing she knew, it was two hours later, and she was just getting to her friend's house. Ooh, Freaky Friday. She, uh, Sherry was afraid that the missing time event was caused by a trauma like sexual assault, which I think is, that's probably where my mind would have gone to. After all of this time, 20 years later, she wanted to know what had happened that day and thought that hypnosis would be her best chance at remembering. Sorry to interrupt. So this flap over her small town outside of what's where was it outside of it doesn't matter in Wisconsin um, in in Wisconsin it kind of like triggered some feelings 
yes. like the, the sightings and the UFOs triggered something. And then mm-hmm. it just so happened that this UFO investigative team brought in a, uh, someone who could help her yes. re- kind of remember these triggered Be- feelings. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Because they had talked about how missing time was something that could happen during, um, abductee events mm-hmm. and that the best way, if you have missing time to recover those memories is through hypnosis. Okay. So Sherry thought that her missing time wasn't related to UFOs or aliens or anything like that, but she agreed to use the UFO center as the site for her hypnosis because they had access to such good hypnotists. Right. Doctors. It was a means, a means to an end. Yes. And this was the the late 80s. It's not like she could just Google and find like 30 doctors in her town, whatever. Right. right. So one of these hypnotists, the one that Sherry ended up um, meeting and working with was Stanley V. Mitchell. Mitchell was actually a skeptic of alien UFO stuff himself, but he was well-respected doctor working in the field of hypnotic regression. He was something like the former president of ethics and hypnotism or something like that. So he was well known. He knew his shit. He worked with a lot of people. So he's like legit. If you're going to see a hypnotist that happens to be part of a group of ufologists, but you don't think your missing time is, has anything to do with UFO or aliens. He is the guy that you want to see. Yes. Okay. So in 1988, Sherry and her husband, Tom went to Chicago so she could undergo hypnosis. She never thought that her hypnosis would reveal multiple abductions or would cause her to remember her current alien encounters better. In her regression, Sherry was taken back to that day in 1968. She was 17 years old and driving her car. She saw men working on the road with wands in their hands. Suddenly, her car stopped. A road worker approached her, but it wasn't a man. Sherry discovered that the men that she thought she was seeing were actually aliens or ETs. The ETs knew her. They were waiting for her. They had large eyes and no noses. They looked like what we would call the greys. The alien in charge of the group used telepathy to speak to her. This alien she would come to refer to as Daw. Her mind tried to make sense of their unusual faces, which made it hard to focus on them. And I have heard this uh, phenomenon before when people say that they've been abducted and they try to look at the face of the ET taking them, they can't focus on it. Or it's like very bizarre. Like their mind is trying to put together this unusual shape, color, whatever. And so it puts together kind of a bizarre picture. (laughs) Well, I just think that the human brain cannot comprehend the idea of ETs yet. We, it just scrambles the entire thing. Like it's just too outside of any kind of thinking that we're, we are used to, I, I just don't think that we can handle it. So the aliens took her to a craft on board. She met a female alien. She was too thin. This is how the alien looked too Mm -hmm. thin with stringy brown hair and big lips. All right. So I have a question about this female alien. Do you think that this female alien was a hybrid of some sort because she had hair and bigger lips. I think based on other um, alien encounters that I've heard about, I think that they're genders, Mm -hmm. what have you in, in an alien life form was obviously different than ours. And I think that aliens try to make themselves look like what we consider a female. Okay. To make humans more comfortable in certain situations. I've heard that too. In other um, abduction, uh, they try to, do their best at... to be sexy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even aliens think big lips are sexy. What is going yeah. on here? They just pull up. Uh... They need to get the fuck off Instagram. That's what <laughs> they, is happening. They, yeah. They buy magazines. <laughs> they buy some hustlers. They say look like that. Okay. So Sherry was forced to undress and lay on a table. She was shaking with fear when the exam started. And an alien touched her on the head and immediately her fear was gone and she was calmed. They did a a kind of typical exam and then told her that they were going to harvest some of her eggs. Sherry became upset, obviously, 
But Daw assured her that she would be able to have children later, even if they harvested a few of her eggs, which made her feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. They used a large needle type thing and presumably harvested her eggs. It didn't hurt her. She was physically okay. After watching a monitor, all of the other aliens on board the ship seemed to celebrate whatever they had taken from Sherry, like it was successful. And then Daw asked her some kind of random questions. Um, he asked her, like, are you happy? What do you think of the Vietnam War? Who did she vote for? Which is also bizarre. Was she sexually active? Sherry said the questions seemed kind of random. The <laughs> Those are the most random. I mean, if I was abducted by aliens and they started asking me, you know, what do you think about the war? What do you, who did you vote for? Are you sexual? I'd be like, that's none of your business. I don't think you'd fight with the alien. I think you would just answer. <laughs> guess Cassie's, you're right. Cassie's the only one that has been abducted and gives full attitude. <laughs> <laughs> then Daw said that Sherry could ask him a question. A question. So she asked where they were from. He pulled up a map on like a computer kind of projector mm -hmm. and showed her a galaxy called Andromeda. He showed her how to find it in the night sky using stars. After all of this, Sherry was made to drink a weird thick drink that she said kind of tasted like bananas, but kind of was gross. It was like a weird mixture. And then um, Sherry, for some reason became comfortable with her abductors by the end of all of this. And strangely, date rate my friend no I I think just I think that she was feeling comfortable with them before she drank the drink oh, I think just okay. as their interaction progressed she began to I think something in her remembered them so mm -hmm. towards the end of their interaction Sherry pleaded for the aliens to let her stay with them she said the world yeah she said that the world and humans were cruel and she didn't feel she belonged there okay Daw seemed sad when he told her that she couldn't stay with him, and he told her that her memory of this event would be erased. She argued that she wouldn't forget. She kind of fought with him, and she was like, there's no way I'm going to forget this. How could I? Mm -hmm. and, Daw, and Daw replied, you will forget. You must forget. And Sherry did forget. At the end of her hypnosis, Mitchell asked her if she wanted to keep the memories open or close the door on them once again, and Sherry chose to remember. I appreciate that Mitchell gave her that option. That is so cool in my opinion, because, you know, those obviously are going to be very traumatic memories that are now in her life and life as she knew it from that point on is completely changed from what she thought it was. So, I mean, imagine your entire life crumbling down around you. I mean, I, I think it's cool that Mitchell gave her the option to say like, okay, goodbye to those memories or you're going back in the box. Exactly. I think that she chose to remember them, though, because if they were forgotten again, she would never be able to fully recover from the trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have done the same thing she did, but I think it's cool that she had the option. Exactly. And like you were saying, Sherry's life did change that day dramatically, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Sherry wasn't really a believer before this happened. She didn't want any of this to be true. Mm hmm. She said that she honestly hoped that she suffered from a, a mental illness <laughs> and that she could go to a doctor, take medication, and be better. Mm -hmm. She also felt a lot of shame for a long time when it kind of got out that she had been abducted. Her father, which is just kind of weird because her dad was somebody who was into aliens. He loved watch, you know, he loved the programs. He loved reading about UFOs and aliens, and he believed that that we weren't alone in the, in our universe. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But her dad refused to listen to her story or have any part of her abduction experience, which I think is strange, right? Totally strange. Her husband also became distant and she really only felt comfortable telling one friend, the friend who, um, she was on her way to go visit mm -hmm. on that roadside abduction. It was like her mm -hmm. best friend growing up. Mm -hmm. So she talked to her about it. And sometimes her sister, but her sister was suffering from depression at the time and she didn't want to put a burden on her sister, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. So she, Sherry just felt very, very isolated and alone and pretty mm -hmm. much just tried to put on a happy face, run her business, which she was in real estate and raise her children. I mean, I could imagine the people I, I you know, just putting 
ourselves or myself in Sherry's position, I, you know, I could imagine if I came home and told my husband, you know, I have these recovered memories and I was actually an abductee. I, I mean, I can't even, I can't even imagine his response. I'd be here for you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just you and me. So I can understand Sherry's feeling of isolation. Definitely. Sherry decided that she needed a little bit more clarity on the situation and they decided to do another uh, hypnotic regression. This time her memories were clearer and this hypnosis was less traumatic because she'd already been through it, obviously. The doctors at the UFO Institute decided that they should also talk to her friend. The, whenever I say her friend, I'm, I'm referring to the same friend, the friend that she was visiting the day of her roadside abduction. That was her best friend, like I said, and they had pretty much been together their whole childhood. Mm-hmm. So um, when her friend was interviewed, she actually corroborated a lot of Sherry's stories and also had memories of things that Sherry had blocked. Like the day that she came home or the, the day that Sherry had actually shown up at her friend's house, when mm-hmm. Sherry first got there, she said that she saw aliens on the side of the road. But then after like 30 minutes, Sherry completely forgot. That was kind of interesting. It was like the memory blocking took a little bit of time to kick in, right? Yeah. And did her friend forget on her own or never mentioned it? Or do you think that they, Daw had something to do with that? I think that her friend just thought that she was being funny for being late and just kind of blew it off. Like if somebody says something really bizarre to you and then Mm -hmm. never mentions it again, you're just like, whatever. Right. Okay. You're like... Yeah, I'm, I'm two hours late to our meeting. I'm like, Oh God, I ran into aliens on the street. And you then... should start saying that. <laughs> I will. Uh, and then I don't bring it up again. So you're like, Oh, Cassie, that wackadoo. She's joking about aliens again. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So on top of, uh, remembering the roadside incident because Sherry had decided to keep her memories open She began to remember so much more than just that day. Oh, fuck. So I'm going to explore a few of these experiences now. Okay. I can't even get to everything. We'll make sure we have a note of the book if you want to read it or listen to it because there are so many different things that we're not even touching on in this episode for the sake of time. I'll put a, I'll put a, um, like a link to the book on Amazon in our um, episode description. Perfect. In 1958, Sherry was abducted from her backyard. She was living on a 120-acre non-functioning dairy farm in Wisconsin. She was eight years old. This is my favorite of all of the stories. So she was taken aboard a craft by three or four greys. She had been outside with her brother at the time, and her brother was frozen in place when she was taken. Uh, while on the craft, the greys showed her an image of our planet. At first, she saw it in the typical, you know, blue-green orb that we all know when you mm-hmm. see an image of the Earth from space. But that orb changed into a charred sphere. She watched as oceans rose, coastlines washed away, and fires overtook our planet. The head gray, Da, told her that this was the future if humans didn't change their ways. Sherry asked him, what can I do? I'm just a little girl. Why did you tell me all of this? And Da replied, it starts with one. So as a child, Sherry was given lessons by the aliens that visited her. She learned about their ships, how they can walk through walls and pull people through walls, how humans can cure themselves with their mind, um, how some people can see a UFO and a person right beside them won't, how to read the light in people. Uh, The lifelong lesson was focused on the three important things to know, which I will explain at the end. She was abducted multiple times growing up. One time she was taken from her friend, her best friend's bedroom while they had a sleepover and then dropped off outside in the snow in the middle of the night. Her mother said that she talked about alien abductions as well. And she had saved Sherry's notebooks where she had doodled 
aliens that look like grays in the margins. Grays would be around for two months to more than a year, then leave for years at a time. During her pregnancies, they were around even more. She could lose up to eight hours at a time. Sherry believes that Grays pushed her to have her first child shortly after getting married at 19. Typically, these stories about abductions or contact or interactions, whatever you want to call them, were uh, kind of, I don't want to say peaceful, but not particularly jarring. Mm -hmm. But the night that she had her daughter, she said that she saw a gray in her hallway moving at her in a way that her mind could not comprehend because it was moving so quickly and jerkily. And it was honestly the most terrifying part of of the, the only part that really scared me in the book. The rest of the interactions, like I said, were kind of unusual, but not scary. But thinking of a jerky, moving fast and weird angled gray walking down your hallway at night while you're alone in your house is terrifying. Well, hallways, dark hallways are just scary by themselves. So Mm -hmm. you add any other kind of unknown element to a dark hallway, uh uh-uh, fast, weird movements, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh-uh, 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 no, No. uh uh-uh. Yeah, and that was the night she conceived her daughter. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. Later on in this pregnancy, she was uh, spotting and afraid Mm -hmm. that she was going to miscarry. So she called her doctor, and her doctor said, "Um, there's nothing we can do right now. Just stay in bed, and in the morning, call me. We'll set something up. Sherry woke up in bed, no memory of getting there. She was Mm -hmm. upside down, head where her feet should be. She sat up in bed, and when she sat up, she looked into her dresser mirror, which this mm-hmm. is scary because this is also how my room is set up with my dresser <laughs> right next so I can picture it. When she sat up and looked in the mirror, she saw the reflection of that female gray from the ship reflected into her mirror. Freaky, right? Yeah. Sherry just stared at the reflection and the female alien told her everything would be okay and it was important for her daughter to be born. Her daughter was born, and later on when Sherry remembered this story, she remembered it, but remembered it as an angel visiting her and telling her that everything would be okay before she had her regression. Okay. So um, before it was, she found out that it was actually E.T. Encounters, it was kind of like a story that she probably told her daughter, like, I was worried when I was pregnant and then an angel came and visited me and told me you were going to be okay. And that you, it was important that you were born and you, you and I are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh exactly. my goodness. The, yeah. the, the freaking way your mind works is, is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. During this period of time, Sherry was also compelled to move, move every few weeks. Shut the and fuck this, up. This lasted for a few years. What? She, she was clearly trying to hide, but at the time she had no idea why she was com- like compulsively moving. She had no, cause she didn't remember any of these things happening. Right. She didn't remember. She didn't know that she was being abducted or visited by aliens. She just was compelled to move. She said one time her husband was doing finals in college and literally she moved while he was gone and left a note with a map, a hand, a hand drawn map and their new address. Cause she, <laughs> she was like, I, ha- I can't be here. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. Um, once when her daughters were small, the aliens, ETs, came to, her, to their house. Her daughters had seen something. And they brought Sherry out to the tall grass on the outskirts of their property and showed a flattened swirling pattern mm-hmm. in their grass. And the, her daughters claimed that one time Sherry had told them that if aliens come, do not be afraid of them. But Sherry had no memory of saying this to them. And she was like, I would never say this to my little kids, right? Because it was when her, her kids were like uh, preteen or young teens. It was, they were younger. And she was like, I had, she said that she had no memory of um, telling them that aliens might come and to not be fearful. Okay. But her daughter said, hold on. Her daughter said that she did and that they had drawn pictures that day together and to look in her hope chest and Sherry looked in the hope chest and there were pictures of grays dated by her daughters locked in her hope chest that she had no memory of the entire conversation. Okay. This is where I start to get 
upset and, and freaked out. And my, I have like a knot in my stomach because it's like, okay, do as a mother, as a, excuse me, as a parent, do what you want to me, mm-hmm. but do not fuck with my kids. Mm-hmm. Sherry felt the exact same way. Okay. So the fact that the aliens had been around her kids really did upset her. Yeah. Um, Sherry loved her loved her kids uh, at the time of this book, which is a few years old. Mm-hmm. She, um, was estranged from one of her daughters and had kind of had a rocky relationship with her other daughter, but she clearly loves her children. Mm-hmm. She understands that any strain on the relationship is because of this whole very, very difficult situation. She doesn't fault them at all for it. Mm-hmm. You can tell that she is a, a very, very loving person. I watched that video of Sherry talking about her experience and it, it, like you said, it came across loud and clear. She said, my daughters are beautiful. My -hmm. daughters are, are, are strong willed, wonderful people. And you could just, you could feel the love that she had for her daughters through that video. Exactly. So Sometimes in Sherry's encounters, she almost felt as an equal of theirs of, with the aliens. And other times she felt like a victim. Mm-hmm. She really wanted to know if these visitors were good or evil. She wanted to know who her abductors were and why all of this was happening, as mm-hmm. you would, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after her hypnosis and her memories were cracked open, Sherry... um not only had all of these memories flooding in on her, but she also began to have random and numerous encounters in real time. So when you For, say real, sorry. So when you, just so I can understand when you say real time, she was experiencing them in real time. And also they were not, do you know, did it say in the book if they were letting her remember? So she was remembering past events, but also having encounters and abductions over a period of two years following her hypnosis. Okay. And getting away from those after those, um, periods of abduction, was she remembering them as they were happening? Yes. Yes. That's what I mean by that. That's what I mean by in real time. Yeah. So she was, she was now able to remember them. I think that the hypnosis, uh, made it possible for her to remember events that were happening. Okay. Or perhaps the aliens were like, why even try to block her? This bitch is just going to get hypnotized again. Right. I can't even deal with you, Sherry. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) You're such a pain. (laughs) No, just kidding. Sherry would lose time. She would wake up with bruises. She would wake up in totally different locations Mm -hmm. randomly and have no idea Mm -hmm. how she got there. She said that in her video, I thought was fascinating is that they make these abductions so seamless And the only reason that, you know, something is off is one time is missing two hours or three hours or whatever, but also you were, I'm going to say dropped for a lack of better language for it, but you were dropped back in maybe possibly like, say she gave an example of driving. If you were driving Mm -hmm. down one street, you're abducted. They would drop you in your car driving, but just on a different street, slightly different street. Mm-hmm. Maybe a street over or a different intersection, but she said it was most of the time pretty damn seamless. Yes. And she had a lot of car incidents that were intense. So I don't really get into them. There's numerous ones. So definitely check out the book if you want to hear all of that. Mm-hmm. But yes, a lot of it, it, if you don't know what you're looking at, you wouldn't know what you're looking at. Right. 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 You don't, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. So Sherry's life kind of began to fall apart and spiral. This is a lot of information and a lot going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Her marriage suffered. Her husband tried, but I think it was just too much for him. Mm-hmm. Although this is kind of similar to the situation with her father. Her husband had seen UFOs at least twice. Mm-hmm. Also, there was this incident. Um, one day they were at lunch and Sherry was just very emotional. She was exhausted, emotionally and physically exhausted from all this going on. Mm-hmm. And she was just having a hard time, like pretending basically that everything was normal. 
Right. 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 And her husband, Tom, clearly did not want to deal with this at all. Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden, Sherry had a sudden thought and asked Tom to roll up his sleeves. It, It took a minute, but finally she got him to. And when Tom rolled up his sleeves, he had fingerprint bruise marks on his wrists. That's right. The fingerprint bruise marks are common marks that happen when greys drag you from a location. When Sherry saw the marks, she just kind of stared at Tom and he just rolled down his sleeves and walked out of the restaurant. Okay. So there was no further, did she ever confirm that he had been abducted and I don't think that he would talk about it. And I don't think she wanted to push him anymore because if he didn't even want to talk about what happened to her, how was he going to talk about what happened to himself? Okay. So, which is so weird. If this was driving them farther apart, I would think that this would bring them closer together because it was a shared experience. Yeah. I, it's, it's bizarre. Okay. So Sherry decided to do one last hypnotic regression. Unfortunately, this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, at the hotel in Chicago, Sherry had an experience with who she believes were the men in black. Uh, I mean, this is a lot. And also the men in black, it's like such a vague, some people think the men in black are government. Some people mm-hmm. think the men in black are aliens themselves mm-hmm. disguised mm-hmm. as people. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of, I don't know. It's just take it as it is. This is what she said happened. I mean, I can't explain what nobody can <laughs> Right. Well, this men in black ex- experience or uh, interaction for me brings up more questions Yeah, than it does, you know, answers things. Mm-hmm. So uh, three men came into her room and the words she used to describe the encounter were that they beat her soul. They didn't physically hurt her, though. Sherry was programmed with a message. I have a message for John Smith. She kept saying this over and over. Remember, Don Smith is the uh, investigator. Mm-hmm. The message for Don was that they would no longer be allowed to regress Sherry. The alien beings claimed that they had been studying her family for generations. Mm-hmm. And a small-time UFO investigator would not get in their way. When they tried to do the hypnotic regression for the third time, just as the aliens had said, she could not be regressed again. So the men in black basically put a halt to her regressions. Sherry did get them to admit one thing, though, uh, having to do with her daughter. Sherry said, tell me, did you interfere with my daughter? Because she had always uh, been fearful that they had something to do with her daughter's conception based on that terrifying night. Mm -hmm. And the ETs responded that they had enhanced certain characteristics of her DNA. Sherry doesn't get into details about her family unless uh, she only tells stories of situations because if they were necessary to further her own story, basically, Mm -hmm. she didn't expound upon that. She never talks about enhanced characteristics of DNA, but that is what they said. And she, she replied to their response and said, how could you interfere? And they said, we didn't interfere. We enhanced. I want to know what those enhancements were. Huge boobs. Just kidding. (laughs) She didn't say that. (laughs) And this is the story of Dolly Parton. (laughs) I want to know too, but I mean, I guess it's like turning up the volume on something, right? That's good about a person. Mm -hmm. Probably big lips. That's what we've learned. They love them. (laughs) And she's an Instagram influencer. (laughs) You can find her at big lips. (laughs) dot com um after the third uh hypnotist attempt in this whole situation with men in black her husband moved out and their their marriage was pretty much over sherry was wholeheartedly trying to learn why these alien experiences were happening uh she went to like conventions read books had meetings met other experiencers all this stuff but she never really got any answers she met a new group of friends which helped her kind of get through this whole thing. They would get together and meditate and kind of chill out. I don't know. I think that they were kind of her saving grace during this whole time. Sherry was afraid to be alone. She'd never been alone like this before with her husband gone. They got married when she was 19, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, her friend offered to set up cameras in their house, in her house, to mm-hmm. to try to, you know, maybe catch something on camera. But they had all decided that that would pretty much be futile because, as Sherry put it, the aliens were of a different dimensional vibration. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you couldn't get photographs or video of them, which is an interesting uh, little tidbit that she kind of explained. Sherry was, um, as I said before, she was extremely affected by the turn her life had taken. She had gone from being, you know, living a very typical life as a she owned a business, she was a wife, she was a mother, and now everything is in disarray. She's dealing with uh, an alien encounters. Everything's just kind of going off the rails, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not really sure. I, I feel like she did this in an attempt to uh, just make herself feel less alone. Mm-hmm. on her next communication with Daw, she asked that the those close friends that had stayed with her during all of this would have a sighting of their own. And Daw agreed. And after this talk, the people, the group of friends that she had made and her long uh, lifelong friend all had a different um, UFO sighting. And they all looked different. Some of them looked like, you know, the typical saucer, flying saucer. Some of them were mm-hmm. triangles. Some were cigar shaped, which I thought was interesting too. Like, I'm not sure if that's based off of the person's idea of what a UFO looks mm-hmm. like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Their own internal knowledge. Mm-hmm. That is another theory that I find so fascinating is that these, it's, it comes with more like interdimensional ETs mm-hmm. where they, um, show up, but they show up as what your mind perceives what UFOs should look like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I think the phenomena mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's like based on your own knowledge of what these things would look like because it's so unusual. I mm-hmm. think that's the only way that we can really process it. Mm-hmm. So after her uh, friends group all had these experiences, Sherry uh, did feel less alone because mm-hmm. obviously they told her immediately. Uh, after this approximately two year period, the abduction stopped. Sherry even began to miss their interactions. And eventually Sherry began to look at her abductions differently. She changed her perspective. And with this change perspective came peace. She thought about all of the lessons that the aliens had taught her and decided that she didn't think that they were evil after all. Because if they were evil, why would they have taught her so many things? Mm-hmm. She, Sherry believes that the reason why a lot of people think that greys are um, evil or bad is because uh, humans fear when they're around these, when, when you're around something that's so unknown, mm-hmm. your fear response kicks in and that mm-hmm. fear clouds your like judgment or your opinion of a situation. I mean, it it makes sense, but also you're being abducted against your will. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. After a 20-year gap, Sherry, oh, wow. yeah, a long time, mm-hmm. Sherry was revisited. It was September 2010, and Sherry was 60 years old. So it, they basically visited her while she was within um, – fertility age exactly fertile age sherry, i mean yes sherry said that it was unusual for grace to stay involved in a woman's life after menopause because oh. a lot of their activities involved harvesting eggs okay so nailed it <laughs> she questioned she's like why are you guys here Da was kind of annoyed i was like seriously thought we were friends mm-hmm. okay Da explained um some things to sherry though at this time, according to the book, Sherry's purpose was to help the planet during this time in the planet's development. The planet was essentially going through an evolution of sorts, and it's very complicated and convoluted. And I'm not really going to get into all of that for time's sake. Mm-hmm. This is already a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, read the book. It's pretty interesting. 
I mean, it's like, I've heard similar theories, not same exact, but all like in the same vein of mm-hmm. like having to do with the soul's purpose and reincarnation and raising it, your vibration. I mean, it's, yes. it's definitely interesting. If you are in, in any way interested in learning what basically Daw kind of told Sherry what her purpose was, which we cannot go into. It's way mm-hmm. too long. Mm-hmm. Please read the book. Yes. If you, it's, it's, if you kind of mashed up cool ideas about reincarnation, mm-hmm. the multidimensional thinking, mm-hmm. uh, karma, and it's just, it's a lot. It's very, very interesting mm-hmm. and it's cool, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to get into. Mm-hmm. So another thing, uh, that Sherry became aware of was that she had been used to create hybrid children. <laughs> this At is my least- favorite part. This is Cassie's jam. Sherry had at least two dozen hybrid children. And in 2011 or 12, the date it wasn't exact, uh, Sherry was allowed to meet them. So Sherry was taken to what she said was a farm, rolling pastures, outbuildings, all that. And it did not specify if this was a physical location or a vision, but she did describe the foliage as strange. So perhaps it was in another dimension. Okay. This experience really helped validate Sherry's new perspective on her alien interactions. They were not trying to harm her. In fact, going back to what you said, in another time, Sherry had agreed to be a part of this experience. Oh, really? Yes. So she had agreed to work with the aliens to help facilitate the Earth's evolution. So that hopefully, sometime soon, humans and their planet could rejoin their cosmic family. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like guns, but that's actually just of our, our brains exploding. Yeah, we're, we're not. Our sound, our sound technician has the week off. So, so your favorite part is hybrid children, which is my scariest part. My favorite part is this. Uh, she asked Daw to kind of explain about himself, explain who he was, where he was mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And Daw said that he was a seventh dimension voyager of the universe going where the creator needed him. <laughs> Fucking same, same Daw. <laughs> I love that. And he also explained that many visitors to our planet use the grays type body because it's highly functional in this vibration. Well, and see, I was came away more annoyed with Daw's explanation or Sherry's explanation of Daw that he gave her because I just have so many questions and I would have said, okay, Daw, why don't you, why aren't you in a human shell? Maybe the, maybe it's hard to find a human skin or maybe, maybe the whole point is to not look human so that humans don't think it's just somebody kidnapping them. Right. I mean, I guess, but I mean, of all shells, I mean, the eyes are like goggles. I think the idea is that that's just a very conducive to our planet. It's like big goggles, long arms. I don't know. Okay. More questions than answers, baby. Seriously. And I was just like, okay, but why wouldn't he choose like, she described it as a box. Like they were in a box. Mm -hmm. Like it was a, they're... He described in the video that I watched, he just, she described him describing himself as like an energy Mm -hmm. and this, his energy, or I guess like more of an essence is I got that like Mm -hmm. an essence was inside this box that looked like a gray. And I'm just like, but why wouldn't they just choose something more familiar to a human? Well, I don't think it matters though, because they wipe your memory anyways. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I think it's just like the best tool for the job. So I wonder if they just harvest grays for, for these boxes, these essence containers. I don't know. I I mean, I got, I hope not, (laughs) but I think that this goes back to what we were talking about on our last episode with the ghosts is how aliens, ETs, whatever you want to call them are not from another part of our universe, but from Mm -hmm. another dimension, the same place where ghosts are. Mm-hmm. ghosts remain mm-hmm. the soul mm-hmm. right 
Mm-hmm. So it's like if an ET is actually an essence or a soul or whatever, that's why they're kind of on the same plane is a right. theory. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm just going to finish this up by saying what I kind of hinted at earlier. The main lesson that the aliens imparted on Sherry, the three important things to know. And she explains these in greater detail. Here's a very summarized shortened version Mm -hmm. one we are one with our creator we are all one all living things are one everywhere throughout the entire universe two we are multi-dimensional beings on more than one level simultaneously each dimension has an effect on every other level or every other dimension we are living multiple lives at the same time and if a major trauma happens in one dimension It will impact all the other dimensions and the spirit is what connects all of these different dimensions or levels together. Likewise, our spirits are all connected to each other and Mm -hmm. to our creator. Mm -hmm. And the final thing to know is to monitor your thoughts. Our thoughts become our reality, which only reinforces our fearful thoughts and the cycle continues. If humanity changed its thoughts, it would change the world, which is kind of explained as we live in a three-dimensional world. So when we see things happening in real life, it's our negative reinforcement. And because we live in this three-dimensional world, we do not understand the power of things like thoughts because they're not tangible, right? Mm -hmm. So we do not put enough value on our own thoughts we do not realize like how much they affect everything. So monitor your thoughts, change your world type thing. And I think you put it perfectly. They're not tangible because they're, we're very, and this is from another, uh, this is another idea from an, uh, I just heard recently, actually you referred me to this uh, podcast and we'll shout them out at the end. But the idea that we in this dimension, the third dimension, our third dimensional world, we are very focused on material things such Mm -hmm. as the material body, the material that we surround ourselves in. We're very materialistic and we forget about the idea of the soul and our thoughts having the powers that they do, the the weight that those things carry. Uh, We um, value materialistic things over thoughts and the the spiritual or, or soul parts of our beings. Exactly. Exactly. I find that's very interesting. Um, it's very much like the secret. Mm -hmm. Um, the secret is all about your thoughts, create your reality and you're in charge of your own reality. And it's how you respond to things that uh, kind of creates your path in life and everything is on a certain vibration and there's certain levels and the highest level of vibration is love and the lowest is fear and anger. And, and that's definitely stuff that, that, uh, Sherry touched on in this book. And that's how, that's kind of what we were saying is it's a lot of different concepts. Mm -hmm. The spiritual side of Sherry's journey is a lot of different concepts that I think most people can pull mm-hmm. from, right? Mm-hmm. Some understanding from a lot of different ideas. And uh, the, so the spiritual side, that's why it's so hard to explain is because it is like kind of so vast and so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it I definitely can um, wrap my mind around. Some of it, I, it's a little um, over my head, but that's okay. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to get all of it. That's fine. Well, I, I fully, I can't, uh, I fully subscribe to the secret. I, um, I, I, I've tried to live by those ideals and I do think that your, the way that you think and what you think really does change your reality. You can really create your own reality with your thoughts. Thoughts are so powerful. And if you have negative thoughts about yourself, you're going to feel negative. You're going to be negative. You're going to, whatever your, whatever vibration you're on, you're going to draw those things near to you. So if you're on a negative vibration, if you're living out of fear, or if you're thinking a lot of fearful thoughts, you're going to draw those to you. And it's the reverse with positive. If, if you're living out of love, if you're on a very high 
uh, frequency vibration, you are going to draw those things to you. And that's a lot what Sherry talked about. And mm-hmm. but uh, on like it, a planetary scale as well. Yes. Yes. Not an individual, individual it, and, uh, yes. it, to a planetary scale, like mm-hmm. a, a societal scale, a mm-hmm. humanity scale. Um, secret is more one-on-one. <laughs> Yeah, it's on an individual scale. I mean, they do talk about the in the secret. They do talk about the universe and the vibrations. Everything's on. There's like a scale of vibration. Anyways, I could talk about the secret all day. Um, <laughs> what did you think? So getting back to Sherry's story, mm-hmm. if we can, I know it's hard to rein it in on the spiritual stuff because it's fascinating and we could we love to just get into it. But mm-hmm. coming back to to Sherry's abduction story. What did you think of her story? Uh, was there any uh, points that you really appreciated or that freaked you out or that you thought, no way? Any thoughts? Uh, well, I believe that Sherry experienced something. I don't know what she experienced. I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that Sherry said that I'm like, how could she like say those things without having experienced some kind of like contact with ATs, but also the idea of the men in black being involved. What were they trying to, to, to stop the doctor from doing from her remembering? I think that the men in black were basically saying outsiders are not going to interfere with our experiment anymore because Mm -hmm. Sherry's family had, had encounters with aliens from before her and they were going to continue to have encounters with Sherry's family. It was like a long-term experiment. And I think that they just wanted to put a stop to outside interference. So there was the disruption. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes me think, are the men in black ETs? Uh, Well, that's a theory. I think that it's confusing because we, of the men in black movies. So I mm-hmm. like, I just picture government workers like hot Will Smith. Right. But I think that most people in the UFO <laughs> community, um, think that, uh, men in black are actually aliens, uh, it in costume as humans to do their stuff, but they suck at human costumes from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And whenever you see a men in black, they always are like slightly fucked up and you're like, Hey, that's just your eyes are three sizes too small or your mouth is like, super red and weird. Okay. I was just going to mention the red mouth. So yeah. the red lips see that. And this just opens a whole can of worms that we can have another episode on if people listening want us to talk about it, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so they, are they different species? Are the men in black a different species from DAW? And then are the grays a totally separate species outside of DAW? Cause I don't think DAW was a gray. No, he wasn't. I don't, he wasn't a gray. He was just of a different, he just used the gray's body to do his work. Basically. I think that there's numerous different, I think that there's, you know, like a lot of people think that there's grays, there's reptilians, there's the Nordics. mm -hmm. A lot of people believe that. Um, according to this, there's a whole different, like whatever DAW is, it's a completely different vibration. I think you're correct in saying more of an essence, maybe just uses a body as a tool to do things with a three-dimensional person kind of thing. Cause if you're a seventh dimension, it's like weird math. How does a seventh dimension get to a third dimension? The, uh, variable is a gray body. Yeah, I get <laughs> I mean, I guess I wonder if, okay, so here's, here's a thought that I just had. Maybe a gray body, it, it easily moves between dimensions more than a human body. Like a filter. Like a yes. filter that can go to either side kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So maybe, maybe that's why I'm like, okay, why didn't he use the human's body? Maybe a gray is more conducive to dimensional travel. That makes sense. Maybe now, that's why we always see grays. Maybe. I want to see a damn Nordic. They sound very attractive. They sound quite attractive. And they also <laughs> seem, they, I've heard word on the street is they are a lot nicer than the gray. Uh, yeah. Nordics are the hot sweethearts. Uh, so if you like have to have an encounter, Nordic's all the way. Yes. (laughs) I too believe that something happened to Sherry. Mm -hmm. Some parts of the story are so hard to wrap my mind around, but I mean, it's a story about aliens and the universe. And I think it should be expected Mm -hmm. that it would be some, some parts would be, you know, a lot. Yeah. So I, I do believe 
that something happened to Sherry. And I really found the, the book fascinating. Seven hours of this story in my mind while I'm trapped at home was <laughs> intense. It was intense, but it, it was good. And to me, the whole hybrid part, um, the part about Daw being from Seventh Dimension was my favorite, but the, the hybrid part to me was um, kind of made my head spin. I've heard of the whole hybrid theory before, mm-hmm. but it just made me wonder, okay, where are these hybrids? Well, and that's why I like that so much, that part so much, because that's the first thing I thought, okay, well, where are they? Are they living among us humans? Are they on another um, like tangible planet? Are they... Um, in another dimension, uh-huh. are they, and how is Sherry, how was Sherry able to travel there? Was it like a, t- a telepathic kind of travel or I don't even know what the word for that is. Or did Daw just kind of download the images and she was like, just like projection to where yeah. they were? I don't or, know. Or did she physically, was she physically in the same space? And how was that possible? Does that mean that they're here among us? She like, said that they hugged, but that again could also just be a vision. She said that she hugged her, each of her children. And what the fuck did they look like? All of them, she said, looked like attractive humans, except for one, which clearly had more alien DNA. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Can you imagine being that one? <laughs> You're like, thanks guys. Cool. <laughs> it's like in that movie. Um, uh, freaking with Adam Sandler and David Spade, and he, uh, uh oh, the hot daughter. Yeah, they. He has like two daughters, like two hot ones, and then the other one is, you know, smart. I guess I don't know. Yes, it looks exactly like the Deuce Bigelow guy. I don't know Rob Schne- Schneider. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, that's a funny movie. My my one big regret in my life is that I didn't make friends with Adam Sandler twenty years ago, so that I could randomly be in his movies for the rest of my fucking life. No, seriously. <laughs> He is like the best friend to have. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, he just seems like a cool, chill person too. Yeah, totally. Um, wow, yeah, what a wild ride. Oh, pardon the pun, Sherry oh. Wilder. Um, <laughs> she has been through some shit. Yeah. Um, she seems like a smart, level-headed woman. I believe her bottom line. Am I a hundred percent in? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, but I definitely believe that she experienced some kind of interaction with ETs. Same. And if you um, don't want to, uh, or don't have the time to right now to invest in uh, listening or reading that book, she also has an interview that's like 30 minutes long. And I think mm-hmm. that hearing it from her is even better than hearing it from me, obviously. So we'll uh, post a link to that on our, um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, also in the description, episode description of to the book and to that interview. And let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know. Do you, um, after you kind of hear Sherry's story, do you believe her? What do you think happened? And if anybody listening has a story that, story that they want to share, please reach out to us on social media because we would love to hear it. Absolutely. All right. I think that wraps up our episode then. Yeah. What a wonderful job. What a great story. Thank you so much for reading that book and telling us about it. It was fantastic. It was worth my scary alien dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What a wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for listening. If you have any, um, we got an email from someone who said they'd like to hear more conspiracy theories. So maybe we'll work on those. Um, If you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, something that you're into, then um, email us. Let us know at happyhourgetsweird at gmail.com. You could always reach out on Instagram or Twitter, um, slide into our DMs. And we just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I'm working on a – I want to post a map of all of our listeners where we've had listeners, it is so cool to see like this little weirdo community kind of blossoming. Um, I'm working on that. It's, I'm not an artist, especially not a digital artist. So it's kind of taken me a while, but that should be up soon. So yeah, thank you from wherever you're listening. I hope you're staying safe and um, we just appreciate you. We do appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody from both of us. It means a lot. We know everybody's kind of taking care of their family and their lives right now and it's hard to listen so we appreciate these listens even more yes we do and on that note don't forget 
love yourself, lock your doors, and light some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. (laughs) Did you hear it?